0: You are listening to KYRS 88.1 and 92.3 FM and this is outspoken. And our intro music is not working today. <laughs> this is the best day I ever. know isn't it the best when, <laughs> when you're like, cue music and the music says, and No, thank you. Then there's nothing. Um, but welcome to your Hot Mess Sunday. We deliver every Sunday. <laughs> every, every Sunday. Hot you Mess Sunday. Not. Go to <laughs>
1: hotmesssunday.com if you want to listen. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell your friends to stream live. That's so. true. You
0: can, you can listen on the internet. You don't have to have a radio. You can always go to kyrs.org. And like I like said, we have a huge following
1: in Mexico. We they do. do it online. Yes. I know. So gracias
0: for listening for us. Could, yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
1: That's beautiful. Hola. right. They're so thankful. <laughs> well, welcome. It's another <laughs> another outspoken Sunday. Sergey and I are thrilled to be back in the studio. We are
0: ecstatic. E- ecstatic. We've been busy boys. Yes, we have. We have had some we had a really fun night this week. We had oh, a really fun goodness. night. Oh my goodness, we had a blast. Um, Jonathan, what do we do for this fun night?
1: Uh, let me see. We've been talking about it for a little bit. We actually, you know, recently we got to uh, speak with William Shatner. Um, and William Shatner had mm-hmm. his one man show at the INB Performing Arts Center, which was William Shatner. What is it? Um, uh, it's, it's Shatner's it's world. Shatner's world. We just live in it. There you go. And he yeah. certainly proves it is that Shatner's to be world. Heard. And we we mm-hmm. had to say we sat down not knowing what to expect. He was very charming when we spoke to him. Absolutely. Very kind Mm -hmm. man. But you don't think of William Shatner as a comedian? No, you really don't. And
0: I don't think I've laughed that much. He
1: was hilarious,
0: and he loves horses. He He, absolutely loves 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 his horses. horses.
1: And he loves to dance awkwardly across
0: the stage. (laughs) Yeah, he does these little... Uh, we wanted to call it a Kurt dance, but yeah, it, was he, just, it was just better. It was very, yeah, it was similar to a Kurt <laughs> dance. And, did, and it
1: was fun. He danced with a chair, but he, he did, yeah. basically talked about his life for about mm-hmm. 90 minutes. And there were clips of, um, you know, the movies and the plays, yes, and of course, yes. Star Trek. And um, even a great scene from Boston Legal um, mm-hmm. was in there where he married his uh, partner for tax reasons, him and. Him and David's, or Dave, David, or no, not, an no, not David Spade. No, no, that's not David Spade. Spader
0: yeah. uh, got married mm-hmm. for tax purposes.
1: And he was just hilarious.
0: It was Amazing. We were so lucky in Spokane to get him. Yeah. he in His Spokane. tour was only what one of nine or yeah, uh, not only a lot few. of cities, and
1: there's only two or three more after yeah. that he was doing. But he spent, you know, he was here for PatCon. Mm-hmm. We talked to him briefly about apparently, that. Apparently
0: he just loves Spokane.
1: He did and he loves apparently there's a restaurant he didn't tell us which one. Yeah. Best steak he's ever had. Yeah. So, so he went there. And then um he stayed for two days, he did his show, which was, mm-hmm. as we said, phenomenal, and then he moved on. But I'll tell you, if you get a chance to see clips of it, if, you, if you're if you in a city where he is, and you get a chance to see Shatner's World, definitely worth the ticket
0: price. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It was amazing that Spokane got this opportunity. I know, and exactly. You know, our friend
1: Laria, we love her to death mm-hmm. over um, at Best of Broadway. They're the ones that... Uh, that brought yeah um, Shatner to town. And so she, you know, I think they're doing some great things mm-hmm. over there. Oh, so. they
0: are. Yeah. They've been bringing a lot of cool things like I National mean, Geographic Live, Live which was so much fun. A really There's big two deal more, for Spokane as well. Yeah, there we, are. We really want to go to those. So. Yeah, so. Kurt, hint,
1: hint. Yeah, yeah Kurt, <laughs> uh, make that happen.
0: <laughs> um Another thing happened, Jonathan. You went to this, and I had yeah. to work. Um And I last was sent
1: to work, but Kurt and I actually I went to um, Pride Foundation. Had their event for all of their uh, grant mm-hmm. um, recipients of the last year. Yeah. Uh, we're down at nine last night, and there was a nice little little soiree, a little meeting, Ooh, and and, and Kurt French. and I were able to be there and and talk with a bunch of people. There. It was just a really nice night. Yeah. Um, lepido Flores, who is our station guy here, yeah. um, you're our, looking at the thing back there. Our studio manager. Thank you. Station manager. Our station manager, uh, Lupito, he yeah. asked me to speak for KYRS for mm-hmm. getting that. And I said that I'm not sure that was a smart idea yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> they asked uh, for people who could speak briefly. And as you can tell by this show, yeah. that that is not easy for me to no, do. No, it's but a challenge. They were everybody who was there was... Gracious and beautiful and kind and mm-hmm. we're lucky as well on in Spokane to have an office of the Pride Foundation. Yeah. And yeah. KYRS was given a grant and that was amazing. And um we were able to be of help with that. And so it was a great night. Kurt and I had a lot of fun. We got to do the whole schmoozing and mm, have a little drink. And greets, a little yeah. drinky, little food. Oh, little food. Kurt Good. really wanted to get to the food. They didn't put plates out. Kurt was having problems. Oh. <laughs> And <laughs> of Kurt, course. Kurt wasn't—he's not used to finger food. No, he wasn't gonna wait either. So we're yeah. over there. There's no plates, and he's like,
0: "I'm just gonna stack this cracker." Just <laughs> yes. <out of> stuff. <laughs> I can just imagine him walking around with a tower of peas on his hand made of crackers. Basically, he did. what. Mm-hmm. And oh, then eventually, okay. they
1: did bring plates, so he went and made up for it. But yeah, yeah it was it was a really good night. We thank oh, uh, KYRS wow. and we thank the Pride Foundation for making that possible. Um,
0: that sounds amazing, and
1: it was so much fun. That
0: that's so exciting that. You know, outspoken can be a part of something bigger like that, like the Proud F- find it, uh Foundation, and you know, KYRS. That's awesome. Yeah, and so, so I went and bugged you I was, at work I afterwards to tell you how I it went. I was there. Yeah. Although I'll be honest, work was a who Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> Guess who stopped by William Shatner? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he didn't. Like, I wish. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just going to make up things that, that happened during
1: work. the exciting things happened during your shift at work. Yeah.
0: Okay. So before we go on to um, the show, I just want to tell everyone out there that I am upset that there's no snow because I have planned my first ski trip for (sighs) this Friday.
1: Did you check the weather? See, no, I had planned it before
0: because Schweitzer is having community day, which means $10 lift tickets for all of you out there. $10 lift tickets, that's a great deal. Um, so I planned it, and then I checked the weather, and even on Schweitzer Mountain, it says that it's going to be um thirty eight and raining oh. and you cannot snowboard or ski in the rain, no, so because I'm upset, so let's it's just wet grass, yeah, <laughs> that's all that is. you just slide yeah. Um. So let's pray to the snow gods and do a <laughs> snow dance and get can it to it snow. Just, how,
1: can we make a deal? Can we negotiate here? Can well, it doesn't have to snow be here. Just snow here? on the <laughs> like if it's a weekend and yeah. I'm home and I'm yeah. not yeah. having to drive. Well, it's a I'm Friday? Fine. So
0: okay, as, can it fine. wait till five o'clock?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: it's dark.
1: I don't like that the weather doesn't negotiate with me. I don't I know. know if it understands who I am.
0: I don't <laughs> think the weather really cares too much about people. I mean, well, let's I, uh, Buffalo. Sorry I about it. Yeah. So.
1: These are the exciting things. Anything fun, exciting beyond this? We no, do have yeah. a fun announcement to make.
0: We completely. I that forgot. apparently
1: everybody knows about.
0: Yeah. We have a brand new intern. We do. Brand new. We had we had an unofficial one this summer but
1: Yes. And then that one does he, he disappeared. He we think we vanished. scared him away. Yeah. And so now we have as of officially on Tuesday. Officially of last on Tuesday, week, yes. Zoe Santana joins right. the Outspoken. Boys, which we're not going to be able to say. I know. Outspoken Boys we can only say. refer to Sergey and I from now on because well, uh, our team has grown. Kind of Kurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sort <laughs> he of He can curt, kind of yes. be a boy. But now there's two people behind that window. Yes. So now we have the Schmearer is still there, our our amazing producer, and now our amazing intern, Zoe Santana, mm-hmm. who found out very quickly that there's a lot of work
0: <laughs> yes. to be done. And there's a lot of crazy us that are very yeah. picky yeah. Very picky.
1: We're we're a little high maintenance, but (laughs) Zoe has stepped up. And I will tell you this: I did not. We had not officially Mm -hmm. announced this, and I was at the event last night, and I was approached, and I was asked about our intern, and I was for a minute, I just kind of stared, like thinking in my head, you know, how did you know? That's where I do my thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking, how do you Mm -hmm. know that I have an intern? (laughs) Yeah, and then I'm just like, yeah, we do. Yeah, psychic. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) do you talk to Brenda? Right. What's happening?
1: So anyway, Zoe, we welcome you. Uh, to our our crazy team, yeah. So there she is, and in the future you will get to hear her on the mics, mm-hmm. um, but not today because she's with Kurt learning stuff. Yes, learning learning stuff what we need on what a Sunday we, morning. So
0: what we do here—that's
1: the excitement. So now yeah. we can get into the meat. Of that's our true. Show.
0: We can we can start with a little appetizer. A little appetizer. appetizer.
1: So uh, actually, our little appetizer has a name. Yeah, and we are going to welcome. Uh, and I have the card wrong. We're welcoming Dave Richardson. He's the executive director of the Spokane Humane Society, something mm-hmm. that is important to both Sergey and I. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Roscoe. You all know Roscoe. Um,
2: so, Dave, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having us down here today. Oh, definitely. Oh, uh, you
1: guys are busy always. We are. got to yeah, be. Something. Yeah.
2: Well, and you guys are, you know, kind of busy yourselves, aren't you, there? It happens. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> you know, um, we work it out.
1: So... You run our very own Spokane Humane Society. You guys, we talked briefly a few weeks ago that you guys just did your big event, which is the Furball, which is a big fundraiser for you guys, To because it takes about how much to run the Humane Society. You know, our
2: annual budget is about uh, $1.4 million. Ours, too. We're open uh, 365 (laughs) days a year, and every day those animals need us.
1: Every day they do. And you guys have, uh, what I was fascinated to learn, not only, because we always assume there's dogs Mm -hmm. and cats, there's birds. I mean, there's bunnies,
2: birds, bunnies. If it has fish fins, you know, I mean, they're
0: there. We have it all. That's all animals. Amazing. Wow, the whole animal kingdom. Well, at
2: least the companion
0: animals. Sure. Uh, exactly. exactly. No lions? No, no lions, tigers, uh, or bears. Actually, I'm a wow. little bit disappointed well, about know,
1: that. I'll visit. I'll be <laughs> your your token bear. Yeah, <laughs> that goes to there. And, and so adoptions are great. Through t- walk us through what it takes to adopt a pet if they go into the humane society. You know,
2: we've uh, we've been in Spokane since 1897, and wow. uh, we're, our mission has changed over the years, but Mm -hmm. for about the last 40 years, we have focused strictly on companion animals. Mm -hmm. And so we bring in dogs and cats and, like you said, other pocket pets like the, you know, uh, the smaller animals. And uh, before they're uh, made available for adoption, uh, they're spayed or neutered, microchipped, they get all their shots, Mm -hmm. and we do a temperament assessment to make sure, or at least get an an idea of how they're going to react in their different situations. People come in, they fall in love, they take them for a walk, they can play Mm -hmm. on our 40 acres out there. And uh, if they have other pets at home, we encourage them to do a meet and greet just to make sure that uh, their furry kids are going to get along once they get home. Because it's
1: important that we don't don't always think about that.
0: Right, exactly. You You have to have a chemistry with your dog. Exactly. And, you know, when
1: we ended up, so Sergey was uh, very much proactive in me receiving Mm -hmm. Roscoe. Yeah. So we went out there, and what's so great is, and we took him for a walk.
0: We did. And he, you know. He was adorable right away. He was right adorable
1: away. right away. And what was great is at the end when we're getting all the adoption stuff done, they do tell you, they say, you know, this has been our experience with, uh, he. his name was Moose at the time, mm-hmm. with Moose. And they tell you kind of what, how he's been around other dogs. You know, they give you a really good, and you never know until you get them mm-hmm. home what you know where they're going to be but i think that's real helpful
2: we're so fortunate our you know our staff really get to know Mm -hmm. the animals we have no time limits and so if it takes two days or two years you know they hang out with us and we do get to know their personalities and Mm
1: -hmm. right yeah because you guys it's a non-kill shelter isn't
2: it well you know we don't really use that um, Mm -hmm. as a as a nomer and yeah uh, yeah uh, but uh yeah we have a 98 percent live release rate you know so we do a good job
0: yeah that's awesome so the staff in uh, the Humane Society, is it mostly volunteer-based or you know, It do is you mostly volunteer-based. We have mm-hmm. uh,
2: 28 full-time employees. Sure. Uh, we have two of those are veterinarians. Okay. Yeah, oh, but nice. we're supported by a network of about 500 volunteers. Oh, wow. And that's how we get the work done, and that's what really sets us apart. Right. Is uh, We right. go beyond just the, the, the typical shelter and, and feeding and medical care. We make sure that they have, you know, enrichment and they're they're well cared for while they're, Mm -hmm. you know, in our in our shelter. Which
1: is huge. It's like they they're not institutionalized by the time they are. They're happy dogs, you know. Yeah. Well, I know that like volunteers even go and they walk the animals and they yeah they have the interaction. Mm -hmm. The
2: other day we had a a very scared uh, dog that came in and one of our volunteers just sat in the kennel and read a book to the dog. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And you' know, oh and by the time you know you you come back yeah. and the next the dog's creeping closer, and you know there's a trail of 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 snacks and stuff you know yeah. that's yeah. amazing, and you know come back about forty five minutes later, and the dog has the head on her lap, oh my, God. that oh is man. amazing, yeah. and so it does we give them time to mm-hmm. acclimate and to come out of their shell and right it's awesome, oh, yeah. I and love I love, that love
1: seeing that, and I know when you go into the shelter, like you said, there's forty acres there there's just Room and you get to go in and if you're looking for mm-hmm. a dog and go mm-hmm. into that side of the of everything and and kind of meet and greet a lot of the dogs that are there um, and there's even places for you to buy them things on the way out the door yeah like toys yeah. and a leash and a, you know what I mean
0: and then there's the room with the kitties and you can go in and sit and oh yeah I remember those
1: I know see and it's 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 nice to go in but I'll tell you anytime I think that i I always choose to rescue mm-hmm. I just think that there's a lot of dogs that. You know, or cats, I've rescued cats and dogs there, uh, that need homes that aren't necessarily little puppies. Absolutely. You Mm -hmm. know, and so we go in and you always look, but it's always the hardest thing because. You just want to bring home everyone we you see. You know, Jonathan, if you give us your address, we'll just drop them
0: off. <laughs> yeah, right? So, uh, Let's I, just I, do a I, monthly ben program. Ben, just <laughs> let me know. Every,
2: every dog a month. That's I love them. it.
1: Now, what do adoption fees run?
2: You know, they're uh, anywhere from uh, free uh, hmm. all the way up to $175. No, not bad. And, uh, you know, again, uh, we're, we're funded through donations and our fees for services. So every penny, you know, comes right, from Spokane right. and stays in Spokane.
0: So you're funded by donations. How how do people go about donating to Spokane Humane Society? You know, we have, uh, a, like I said, an amazing network of volunteers. Right. And
2: uh, they give of their time and their talent and, and mm-hmm. uh, of their monetary, you know, gifts. Right. Uh, very generous for our, our animals. And so... Yeah. Not everybody can give uh, money, but uh, time is just as, as critical. Sure. Exactly. got a very sure. active volunteer program. You can uh, check us out on our, our uh, website. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an online uh, training, and uh, then we do an orientation, and then we put you right to work.
1: Now, what, s- speaking of your website, tell everybody listening where they can go to your website.
2: All right. I'll put my radio voice on. Right. right.
0: Here we go. Uh, yeah. org. I love it. Oh. That's, it's perfect. <laughs> I love that you have a separate radio voice from your already perfect radio voice. <laughs> Right, <laughs> exactly. that's fine. It yeah. drops another yeah. option. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of matches the radio face, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I
1: love it. You know, I would encourage everybody listening, even if if you know you want to have a pet of your own soon, mm-hmm. go visit. Go visit, tour around, right. get to know what it's like there. I think well, that I would encourage everybody to do that.
0: And if you want a pet but don't have the time or the money for it, pet, go volunteer, volunteer and play with the dogs, walk the dogs. Feet. It's they like having that. your own pets. Yeah, mm-hmm. they
1: need that. So I have to say, you guys do. Is there anything that we wouldn't know about, typically know about the Humane Society that you wish people knew?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing is is people oftentimes confuse us with the national organizations, you know. And again, mm-hmm. we're we're we've been local since 1897.
1: So long. We
2: we started out in a little barn that was donated by a captain that was returning from the Civil War. Oh wow! And wow. They donated a spot to us, and yeah. uh, we built our first brick and mortar building in, in 1910 oh. over by the fl- the flour mill. Oh, right. And yeah. we were there till 1972, and we built the facility. Our facility is a little old and it's a little tired, uh, but we're, we're very good stewards of the donated dollar. Sure. And so we put it where we get the biggest impact on the animals. That's and so, uh, you know, I'm very proud of the, the history of our organization. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. very, um, I guess, humbled uh, by the amount of individuals that have, have kept this going for 117 years. And oh, that's wow. a
1: big thing, especially in nonprofit world. You know, it's always to be able to hit your funding and, and keep going. I mean, and this is affecting lives. You know oh, yeah, mean? yeah. I think that's amazing. Do you, so you take donations throughout the year. Do you like, so with the furball being that November 15th around area every year, um, have you met your goal or how does it work?
2: You know, it, it really depends on on the type of year that we're having. You know, uh, mm-hmm. again, we, we treat a, a lot of the animals that come to us. Uh, if they need dentals, we do dentals. And, and so, you know, the medical side of things uh, and how we spend, uh, we definitely function very much like a business. And I think that surprises a lot of people that nonprofits are businesses. Yes. Uh, yep. You know, our heating bill for last December was almost $6,000. Oh, sure. you Wow. So when you, wow. you kind of look at the overhead there. Uh, we do everything we can to really take care of them critters. Right. Mm. So the fundraising aspects and components, uh, you know, we work real hard to, to operate, uh, you know, with what we have. Sure. And so we prioritize our, our programs. If it impacts the animals, if it has good outcome on their life, uh, and, you know, that's where we put mm. our priorities. Mm-hmm. That's and amazing. So uh, we kind of, you know, up in scale. But it does uh, really dictate the number of animals that we can help.
1: See, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, a majority of our audience, obviously, is LGBT. And I'll tell you, our community... we call them the fur babies, you know? Yeah. So many of us yeah. have, and that's- Our companions. We have chosen not yeah. to adopt children or whatever, and those become our children. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing. Roscoe runs my house, but he's still my kid. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> which, from what I under <laughs> here, is typical of parents anyway. So sure. the kids running around. But Dave, we think what you guys do over there is amazing. Um, we'll put up your all the information so you all out there listening can donate. Go down. We'll put the address up. Go down. Volunteer. Visit. Whatever. But- I think it's, you know, we have all of these animals, and I think it's our our duty to make sure they're taken care of. Especially
0: from a valuable local resource.
1: Exactly. Spokane Spokane Humane Society. Exactly. Spokane. So we're glad you're here. Thank you so much for
0: taking time today, too. We be sure on appreciate our show. you sharing your Sunday morning with me. Oh definitely. Oh, See, Dave you. is natural uh, on radio. He's uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit jealous. I would like to uh, say he's you offer his, lessons I would well? like to
1: say he's wearing his kilt here today. Yeah. So w- you know what, because we're radio, I will just say he's wearing his kilt here today. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he wore it at furball and it was awesome. Yeah. It's I just professional. It. So yeah. yes. And next year, if you get a chance to go to furball, you guys sold out this year. It was so much fun. So uh, you should definitely check out. It's a mm. a great night, live jazz music. There was dancing, there was a wonderful dinner, and it goes to an amazing cause in Spokane. So thank you, Dave, so much. Jonathan Sergey, thanks so much. And thank now you. You, the first Zoe, our our dear Zoe Santana, gets to have the honor of helping you, <laughs> helping you out the door. This is Zoe's new duty. She's looking at me like, "What are you saying? Yeah, <laughs> what's I'm, happening I'm, right I'm now? Am I doing something already?" <laughs> This is my first first day. So, we are going to take a quick break.
0: We are. No, no, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a quick music break with um, a song that we'll have to do with our crazy bee right after it. Right. And this song. So worth it. RuPaul. Is RuPaul. And it is Devil Made Me Do It. So, listen carefully because it'll have to do with the devil, probably. (laughs) Yes.
3: Hey, this is Steve Agurito.
4: listen to Outspoken on KYRS
0: Drama. As always, our you love affair are, continues with Steven I Steve know. Carino. I know. He's just—he's just lovely.
1: He is. He's—he's he's a great guy. We love him a lot. He's a very nice man, and he's going places. We'll be talking actually again with him in the future. We will be. He has yeah. a, a new show on Logo.
0: Yeah, he has um, straight, Talk st- or, no, straight. Straight out. Report. Straight out. Straight out report. Yeah. See, yes, that's what it is. We get the yeah, right we. <laughs> it takes so two to Steven uh, lingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steven
1: Stephen Greeno was on a few, we, a few, uh, no, yeah. maybe a month or two ago. Anyways, mm-hmm. we love him to death. He brought us back. I have to say, so I just quickly peeked at our Facebook page, and yeah. that picture of me with me, you, and Dave is hideous. But that's what you do in media: Hid- you just Wait. let it happen. Are you kidding? You look Kurt? amazing.
0: Oh, you look <laughs> then amazing. Then it's all good.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> so that's fine. I look like I had a stroke.
0: <laughs> you did okay, but we all but know you did. In media, what you do here. is you just accept it and move on.
1: So I accept.
0: Oh no, I accept. No, but now it's
1: time for our oh, it favorite.
0: Looks fine. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, I had like, to check it. Did you see it. my smile? It <laughs> looks great. Looks great. <laughs> yes. So our favorite pre-dish um, segment. Yeah, that we don't do all the time. We don't.
1: But oh. this was needed.
0: This was just K Razy. K Um. Donovan. Actually, Jeremy
1: yeah. brought this to my attention, and then I saw Jeremy um, Price Baloo, who works over at uh, yeah. at Loud and Proud. Loud and Proud. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He works over at Loud and Proud. He brought this to our attention, and then it blew up all over the internet. It did, yeah. And everybody Huge. was talking about it. So we have a crazy bee winner because it's impossible not to talk
0: about it. It's true. Coffin. He so. is everywhere. And this is the crazy, crazy bee, and he is an Arizona pastor. His name is... Is a Steve pastor Anderson. Anderson? Yes.
1: I don't and even want to call him pastor.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah it's he too, he should not be preaching. It's too respectable. But he <laughs> says that we could cure AIDS if we were to stone all homos to death. His his my favorite quote of his is: "We could get rid of AIDS by Christmas if we did this." Like, right. are you really giving it a timeline by and when we should commit mass he, genocide? They okay. have a
1: Facebook page, mm-hmm. and he. Puts his sermons up on YouTube, right? And so he put this sermon up, saying we should kill all gay people because it would eradicate, as he says in this sermon, like ninety eight percent of yeah, AIDS. AIDS. Okay. And he he's known for being hate monger. He's out of Tempe, Arizona. He uh, is part of a Baptist church with you, which you and I know. Yeah, it's very that's well. no surprise. It's Faithful Word Baptist Church, and he does this frequently. He speaks preaches hatred really from his from his pulpit. I mean, he right. does this frequently. So right. after this comes to light and every it's all over the internet, he then in retaliation puts up another sermon calling us right. rapists. In that sermon he actually says to his congregation every gay person is a pedophile.
0: Which you could ask us. We're not. No, Jonathan, no. are you a pedophile?
1: Nope, no. Oh, okay. Are you a pedophile?
0: You know, no, not oh, really. Right? Oh. never crossed my mind. Okay. Here's cool. the thing. He's Settled.
1: allowed to send. You know, just in September, we spoke about mm-hmm. uh, the Reverend Galatti Galati. Yes. In uh, Tennessee, we did. Mm-hmm. He was saying the same thing in his pulpit. He has a church of thousands of people, yeah, and he was church. telling them that we should kill gay people. What is
0: going on? What is going on? I agree. They are referring to, of course, Leviticus, which every person who knows just a little bit about the Bible knows that mm-hmm. Leviticus essentially prohibits you to do almost everything we do these days. You cannot <laughs> wear the clothes you wear because no. mixed Why plants. do we not talk about that? You cannot, if you are a right.
1: woman and it is during your menses cycle, Exactly. Don't you go need on the street. to, first of all, be... Locked in a building yes. and take milk baths until it's over. And exactly. then you're allowed to see people again. Exactly.
0: So I'm like... Let's let's start over. He's All of you that like, get a haircut choosing. or shave your beard, yeah. to hell with you. Bye-bye.
1: Yeah, and he takes a lot of pride in. I guess there's like four books of the Bible he has mm-hmm. memorized front to back. I don't care how much you memorize anything. It doesn't make it right. The other thing that I find very fascinating mm-hmm. about these ministers who use verses of the Bible to condemn and actually promote genocide of a Completely. people... right? right. They... They, What they don't take into account mm-hmm. is, why are you not taking verses in context? Why are you not looking at why?
0: You know, there's exactly. way more than just the the word says that, and so therefore it's true. Right. Well, here's the thing. What they're saying, what he's doing, is completely not Christian, because here is a verse from Jesus that he said. He says, he who is without sin cast the first, the first stone. stone. mm mm-hmm. And. I can tell you that every single person is a sinner. That's why exactly Jesus came down. That was the whole point. Right. Rere- if you want to go part. for
1: Christianity doctrine, that's how, exactly. what it was made
0: for. And so, this man is also okay.
1: saying, so he's saying that, hey, listen, I mm-hmm. didn't, am not telling my church members to actually physically kill them. I'm, I wouldn't judge them if they did. But I'm saying that we need to, mm. it's in 2009, Let's. It, yeah. it's what he said about President yeah. Obama, in 2009. Um, He did a sermon called Why I Hate Barack Obama um, and asked his people to pray for Barack Obama's death. He said, I wasn't telling my parishioners to kill the president. I was saying we need to pray that he dies of natural causes Mm -hmm. because that would be better for everyone. He was basing that on he didn't like uh, President Obama's stance on abortion. And so he decided the best thing is for him to die
0: again. With all these things, he, he says that if if that if that constitutes my church as a hate group, then that's what it is. And he's just yeah. okay with that. Even and it though, is listed on the hate group exactly, list. Exactly. Exactly. Even though, how many times did you just say, love your enemy, forgive, mm. love above everything? Okay, you are missing the point. You are yes. not Christian if you are hating. Well, and he did an interview on Channel
1: 12 mm-hmm. in Tempe, Arizona. And the anchor asked him, point blank, what if you found one of your children was gay? Yeah. Instead of answering the question, this minister, quote unquote, um, said that well, it's not people don't just become gay, they're not born mm-hmm. that way. It's not mm-hmm. gonna happen. so that would never happen to my children because I didn't raise them that way. Which offensive, I'm just Completely. gonna say, but wow. he kept avoiding the question and finally mm-hmm. when he was uh forced in the corner and said, Listen, I've asked you a question based on your thoughts yeah. and he said I would disown them. What kind of a person is this?
0: Well, Apparently a kind of person that exists. I mean, we hear all these stories about Christian parents disowning their kids because of their sexuality. I cannot right. believe he's spreading the word to people, to thousands of people who listen to him and take his word as truth.
1: See, and that's what bothers me the most about these ministers yeah. that that are being advocates for hate mm-hmm. is that they... You know, we've talked before. Ministers have such an effect on the people who go to their church because we trust so openly when it comes to ministers. Mm -hmm. And you're teaching children and you're teaching teenagers and you're teaching just people that it's okay to hate. Because Mm -hmm. he did say on that uh, news uh, interview that I saw that, yes, he does hate Homosexuals. Mm -hmm. I mean, and to hear him speak, you can see his sermons. I'm not going to say it's fun to watch, but you can see his sermons. And he calls, you know, he always says homos. And it's all very derogatory, just dripping with vile. Yeah. Yeah. We're called so many things and It's just it's horrible. And so Mm -hmm. he sits there and these people hear it. You're not telling me that someone's not going to take his word and go, I am going to kill.
0: Right. A gay yeah. person. Well, I'm going to do it
1: because my pastor said that's what I should do, so I'm going to do it.
0: Because they think that that's what the Bible says. That's what God says. They're going to be saved in heaven if they kill. So mm-hmm. isn't
1: this irresponsible? It's very. It's irresponsible completely. teaching. And like you said, they'll be saved and go to heaven. Doesn't that, doesn't yeah. that sound an awful lot like terrorists? It,
0: yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? This almost is a terrorist organization. If there I is crime say it is. and violence that happens as a result of his sermon, it's he's a terrorist.
1: You cannot tell me with more and more churches yep. and ministers... Preaching like this so yeah. loudly, and now they reach more than just who's in their in their congregation because of the internet. You cannot tell me exactly. eventually
0: something's not going to go wrong. Uh, it's just crazy, and it's unfortunate. And but, I agree. But and that's why that, he wins. Exactly, crazy B. He does win, win crazy B. And that is why Bianca Doria has something to say to you.
1: Not today, Satan. Not today. Heck yeah, that's not right.
0: today, Satan. Not today.
1: It's unfortunate that people like that exist, mm-hmm. and it makes mm-hmm. me sad because it is not dialogue; it is it's violence. Exactly, you know, it is not. Violence. I agree that we need to live in a world with different opinions. Right? It's right. kill everyone with a different opinion
0: than me. Violence That's that really has no facts for, ba- for for a foundation. No, no foundation. I don't know. It makes. Sense. I agree. Just saying. In but good news world. In I good know. News world,
1: I'm excited for good news, world. I
0: know Washington D.C. Um, they're doing some pretty cool things. They are saying that ex-gay therapy is soon going to be illegal. illegal. They passed that bill and waiting for Congress to city talk about
1: Council it. Council of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. said there's only two other states that have done this. It's New Jersey and California, right? Um, where they have laws where if you are a licensed psychologist in yeah. that state. Um, You are not allowed to try to change a minor's sexual orientation. Yes. It's illegal because it has been widely reported and widely founded Mm -hmm. that it is a hurtful therapy. Yes, there are statistics and facts. If you're under 18, Mm -hmm. they are looking to no longer... To, to make it illegal.
0: Right. Exactly. Essentially, your parents can't just say, oh, my son is gay and I want to send him to this. Yeah. Because right now, in most of the states, they can. Yeah. And that's... In, yeah. Apparently, 47 thing. of them.
1: Yeah. They can do it. Or 46 40, plus... 48. Yeah. 48. Because D.C. is not a state. <laughs> <laughs> do you're I welcome. hear 49? Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Well, you learned... Yes, you're you true. See, true. Oh, and I find new, it fascinating that that isn't in more states.
0: I agree. I agree. I think... Uh, A big part of our duty as LGBT people here in Spokane and in Washington, we need to start, you know, working up to that. We need to take um, advantage of the fact that we are so liberal in this state Mm -hmm. and so open to the LGBT community that we can indeed pass these laws here
1: well you know and something else that there that goes along with this Mm -hmm. that they're changing in city council is there is another thing that's kind of the side note of the story but i think is very important is they're also um readdressing the human rights amendment act of 2014 which was uh tacked on to these laws when they first came into effect Mm -hmm. that basically allowed religiously based educational institutions to refuse to recognize LGBT student groups. So there, the new law would say, you, you know, if you're a school, even if you're yep. religiously affiliated, yep. you don't get to act like those students don't exist. So another important step for Huge. DC to be making Huge. on top mm-hmm. of this. But we say many times on this show, you know, we're going to have Mark Solomon on again from Freedom to Marry here next month. Mm-hmm. Even when, because it's a win for everybody who's listening, not exactly. an if, even when we finally get national mm-hmm. equal, marriage, marriage equality. equality mm-hmm even then the fight is not over absolutely it's not over because these things are still on the books right there are still 29 states where you can be fired for your sexuality exactly
0: no employment discrimination laws are you exactly. kidding me
1: obviously inda we talked about it a few yeah. months ago it's pretty much dead in the water no, it's not moving at all no. i don't foresee it moving and it's flawed in it my is opinion very flawed. it's flawed because of the religious liberty
0: section of inda exactly section 6 and and that's why I'm okay with it being a little bit. You I am know, too. I think there needs to be a water. renewed one. Absolutely, there, there has to a whole
1: to. different thing. Mm-hmm. But things like this, we need to remember, there are still yeah. things out there. We still are far from having full recognition of being equal citizens under the
0: law. Right. Exactly. And speaking of being equal citizens, in the 29 states that don't have nondiscriminatory laws um, against LGBT people, Alabama, surprisingly, Alabama is now so shocked. So shocked. Um, is now going to pass a law that bans discrimination, uh, work employment discrimination for LGBT people. Uh, it even people. has
1: a, a famous name attached it to
0: does. it. It does. They are going to call it Tim Cook. The Tim Cook Law. The Tim Cook law. What's
1: great about that is, you know, he's notoriously... he Well, notoriously, Notorious. he's the head of uh, Apple. Yeah. But notoriously, he came out in October after mm-hmm. he was a bit outed on CNN. So
0: Yeah, after he was outed and then... Came out, and that was a whole ordeal we talked about. But it's uh, amazing that Alabama is now going to have a law that we never thought about um, that they could have. And the fact that 29 states, 29 states don't have a law that can um, protect your rights, and yet 35 states have marriage equality, let's let's think about There's that. There's so
1: much unbalance. And I yeah. will say, it's amazing that it's even being brought to Alabama because, of exactly. course, when we think Alabama, we we don't think progressive. No, at all. Um, but Tim Cook uh, recently even did a big speech at the state. He was mm-hmm. he was honored in Alabama. Because yeah. he's, Cause he's an role. Alabama native. Is, exactly. Is why. He gave a speech, mm-hmm. and he reprimanded the lawmakers in their capital, talking to all of them, yep. reprimanded them for not being more inclusive, and catching up with the rest of the nation for including LGBT people in the civil rights movement that's moving forward. Exactly, the new civil rights movement. I will say, you know, what's interesting is when the uh, Democrat representative, when Mm -hmm. she brought it up that she wanted to do this new law, and she she jokingly said she wanted Tim Cook. Yeah. She wanted to call it the Tim Tim Cook Law. She got a phone call from Apple from someone who represented Apple and said, don't put his name on it. This is a very, you know, mm-hmm. can be very controversial. We mm-hmm. don't want any part of that. Well, then it got out, and she didn't do it. She was just joking around. But yeah, yeah. Then it got out that they got a call saying don't do it, it and then it all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> immediately after, there was a phone call saying Tim Cook would be
0: honored. yeah. Tim Cook wants to do it. He says, please put it on there. Because
1: Apple has a track record of being pro-LGBT. Right, exactly. You know, And exactly. I think no matter what happened behind the scenes, whether at first they didn't want it and then it got pressed and then they didn't want it, doesn't yeah. matter. It's really nice that he's getting behind it now. Right, exactly. To...
0: And the fact that Apple, a, a huge, huge, huge company here in the U.S. Um, and worldwide, is supporting a bill um, in Alabama just by default because it's named after the CEO. That's I awesome. know that's amazing
1: and now given um, there's mm. very much deep red right um, exactly. down there exactly we don't know how it's going to go it's only been brought yeah. you know brought forward the chances aren't great but it's, you never know
0: exactly but it's already a step forward that they're talking about it and that you know there's 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 talk about having this non-discriminatory uh, non-discriminatory law in Alabama Um
1: And if Alabama can start talking about it, how about the 29 other states? Exactly.
0: Why are they not talking about it? Maybe have that.
1: But I remember Mm -hmm. back in, oh, goodness, was it 97 or something? Yeah. I remember working for a company in Washington state when Washington didn't have a law that that protected LGBT citizens from being fired strictly based on their sexuality. And me and another, we were both in management, me and another coworker were fired and were told that it had to do because our sexuality made someone else uncomfortable. Wow. Um, But we were nothing but ourselves and professional at work. So that was a huge thing. And I, at that time, called Lambda Legal. And I said, and what I was told is there are no laws in your state. We can move forward with a lawsuit against this company. But just so you are aware, it would be just a precedent-setting lawsuit. Mm -hmm. And they would love to do it. But understand, because there is no current law, it would probably only help to make it a public awareness. Sure. So sure. there was a time in Washington state right? when we were not protected. And we maybe take that for granted more now because it's been quite a while since we have had this on the books where we can exactly. have a picture of our spouse on our desk, the person we're dating, you know, anything like our family. Be open
0: about it. Yeah. Just like you want it to be. But yeah. let's not forget mm-hmm.
1: that there are plenty others where that's right. still. You know, I mean, we talk a lot about apathy here. We, exactly, exactly. And that's We've important. We've had marriage since 2012. That's very December important. December of 2012. These, we need to remember, other places don't. We so, really do. So much.
0: Especially neighboring states like Idaho. Idaho does not have a, an employment discrimination law. No. Um, statewide, they do have a few uh, cities that have been progressive enough to pass it, including Lewiston, which is uh, very surprising to me. <laughs> um, right. But nonetheless, we need we need to remember that states do... Do still have things like this, loopholes where you can get fired because of your sexuality. Right. Not okay. Not, Not okay, okay. Lots
1: of things. But we kind of switch gears a bit. Yes. We always like to check
0: in. We always love to check in with, Sergei, with tell me. the homeland, the mother Russia, as we know, is being led by Putin and his regime, his strict regime, crazy, and crazy Putin, reason. allegedly and right. notoriously... Mm-hmm. we all know, is very anti-LGBT right? with their propaganda law, with the Olympics, right? with so much violence going on. We've seen videos. We've seen I mean, videos. Exactly, proof. proof. Exactly. But there's documentaries about it.
1: But Crazy Train comes out. Crazy Train. And so he, says, he gets
0: v- interviewed and they ask him how, why he's not supportive. And he says, no, our country our country's so supportive. He <laughs> says, our country does not take away their rights. We just choose to not I, I suppose not to um, to have unnatural sexual orientation. Yeah, he
1: says they believe a strong country is based on um, mm-hmm. traditional relationships and right. traditional family values. Right. But we understand that there are people who don't agree with that. And that's fine because we do not discriminate against them. Actually, Putin right. claims Russia has no issue with gay people. And you're nuts. For thinking so.
0: Exactly. And he really? blames it on the other countries for putting it on there as a scam or an attack. Yes. He's like, I oh. don't know
1: where you're getting this. Yeah. You had to think there's a moment when that reporter's like,
0: H- yeah. H- hold on. Um, <laughs> this was n- ha-
1: i Maybe mm. I'm sleeping. Yeah. I don't know. Hold on, let What me is t- going on here? Because you had to have that moment of confusion yeah. that this person, who the n- notoriety of it mm-hmm. is yeah. so huge right. that you would think, but you know what? This is not a new tactic for Russia.
0: It's not. And it's not even a new tactic for
1: Putin's regime in Russia, where they say, you don't know what's going on here. How many times did they deny
0: the invasion of Ukraine? Yes. How many times? All the time. And here's what it is. Um, I I hate to say it again and again, but it's true. Compare it to Hitler's regime, because how many times did he deny invasion? How many times did he deny human, uh, not... Not being against human rights, it's it's all the same. It all fits into that same boat. We well, need to watch it.
1: How many times did Hitler also deny that they were doing anything to exactly. the Jewish people? Oh, completely. Absolutely. So say what you will about whether we're allowed or not allowed mm-hmm. to compare Putin to, to Hitler, but well, this is the same thing. And you have to. We have mm-hmm. said it from the beginning. We said it before Hillary Clinton said it. We do. then <laughs> we Hillary, beat her to the right. Punch. Then Hillary Clinton said it. Mm-hmm. How how far do we allow him to go? Exactly before exactly. we look at having to do something about it. We that, the scary not. thing is he's headed down the same track. Exactly he, again proving to do the same exact things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they did in Nazi Germany. Yep. What yep. are we doing about it? Because it's not like the media hasn't taken point. And pointed to these similarities and pointed to what's going on. Well,
0: what's going well, what's happening right now is we're so afraid of starting anything that we're not starting it. And if we're going to start something, which I think in the end, there's going to be a huge conflict. We might as well start it now while we have the upper hand, while it's not developed. Because what happens when he gets Ukraine? What happens when he reunites the Soviet Union Mm -hmm. and has all that power again? You know, it's headed there. Yeah. What happens when they start having concentration camps for LGBT people? Yes,
1: because and laugh it off if you will, but guess what? It's happened once.
0: Exactly. So it What's can happen. Again. Yeah.
1: And isn't the joy of history supposed to be to help us never to repeat yes. Yes. it again? And I think we are like this man is dangerous.
0: Completely dangerous. And it's scary to watch and his, his regime things. and personality cult in his yeah. it's arrogance it is. that it is. he
1: says Oh, you're crazy. We're not doing that at all. I know. Because it's Arrogance that says he can say that when first of all, mm-hmm. your anti your propaganda law is national news. It's been going on
0: so was you cannot voted tell me. Anonymously. No one voted against it. Yeah, Everyone voted for it. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's it, it makes exactly. me angry, but you know, we need it's, to support our brothers. We sisters. do need
0: to support our brothers. Speaking of support, Outspoken receives support from Rick Singer Photography at 415 and a half West Main Avenue in downtown Spokane, offering natural light portraits, passports, and visa pictures, copy and restoration of old pictures, and private instruction. More information at 838 and online at ricksingerphotography.com. Outspoken is also
1: funded in part with a grant from Pride Foundation. You can find information at pridefoundation.org. Love support. And we need to support. This is the scary thing. Here's the mm-hmm. thing. I said it in my little speech last night at the, the um, Pride Foundation. We need to remember yeah. that there are still so many in our world that cannot speak because of the, the fear of violence. Um, Right. Exactly. And so we need to continue to stand up until that that stops. And Putin and his regime is part of it. I mean, and lest you think that, you know, everybody else over there in the European countries are saying, let's talk about Latvia. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Latvia. Latvia.
0: So about. The Nazi Germany and the whole—I know it all fits in. And Latvia is no
1: longer; it's not a part of the Soviet Union. No, it's not a part. It used to be ex-Soviet
0: Union. And and the thing is, um, Latvia is is on the border of being uh, pro-LGBT. They have a prime minister. He came out as gay. Yeah. Yeah. Very recently. Very recently. Came out over Twitter. Exactly, and because of that, one of the Latvian lawmakers tweeted. She was having a debate over Twitter, which well, is interesting and not smart. Not You shouldn't have a debate, especially like this. You yes. should not say these things on YouTube, exactly. on Facebook, on Twitter, none of that. No. But she said, thank God Nazis shot LGBT, shot the gays, shot yeah, the homos. Because she uh. felt it helped the demographic, which is, qu- what? No. And her no. name,
1: and I'm going to leave her, because you probably read it better than I do. I have no idea how to say her last name.
0: Um, let me find it real quick. Um, I am looking for it and I cannot. Well, I
1: will tell you why you look for her, her name. I will tell you her exact tweet was, thank God the German shot homosexuals in their time was good for demographics. So she afterwards came out with an apology, obviously an apology too late. The public uh, rallied and asked for her resignation and she did resign, Mm -hmm. um, from parliament in Latvia.
0: But And her last name is Renkierix, but I don't know her first name. It doesn't Inga. say on here. Inga. Renkiedix.
1: So um, mm-hmm. it's part of the unity party over there. So she does this publicly yeah. on Twitter yeah. as she's having this debate with another uh, member of parliament. Mm-hmm. And people got really offended. So she has resigned yeah. from parliament. The interesting no, – and that's bad enough. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is mm-hmm. Russia today, which is part of the great media conglomerate controlled by the right. Putin
0: regime. Exactly,
1: doesn't do their typical no, it right. Doesn't do the whole The Russian report. Uh, yeah, Russian mm-hmm. reporting and kind of censoring it. Exactly. They actually start talking about how horrible this is that this woman has done this, right? So, and they support that hmm. she was she was taken out of office. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Russia today is notorious. They've had. Uh, Lots of journalists recently resigned exactly because they said the government was too involved, and there was not an unbiased opinion right um right. it with within that organization mm-hmm. here's but can I be honest
0: be honest, be completely honest do
1: you think russia today i don't think this is their turning a, a different cheek and everything happy think now so i I think
0: it's a political move here exactly what it is, and that that ties in so perfectly to Putin denying anything mm-hmm. um any uh, Anti-LGBT movement on the part of Russia, and this is in that same court. Putin is basically saying, "Well, I denied it over there. We have to make some kind of move to seem I, like we are pro." That to is seem exactly like we are pro right. LGBT. I think they are
1: doing that. I do want to take really quick. Mm-hmm. We got the name wrong. Her name is Inga Priede, P-R-I-E-D-E, and it was the oh, okay. um, it was a gay the gay diplomat who came out was the one oh, with Reiki that li- okay ring gotcha. to miss. that was a gay movement that came out her name uh, Latvian member of parliament inga yeah p, p. So, <laughs> i i don't have it in front of me okay. no worries <laughs> um so we promise next time we will yeah know the and no names worries better. but <laughs> i really do think it's a political move just like you said it's a political move to mm-hmm. look i think what Putin is trying to do mm-hmm. is back off a little bit because he needs some more time to make his moves. I'm I'm just yes. going to say it. Yes. And so He's, I believe, it's very much still Russian today, mm-hmm. being controlled by the government. But it's tweaking what—that's what propaganda
0: is. Exactly what propaganda is. You and
1: decide how to control the public, right? By what information to give yeah. them,
0: and you show them what angle you should take. You decide this. what angle they see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But if you if you knew what was happening behind the scenes, if you heard that top, top, typewriter clicking, you mm-hmm. would you would see the real side, and that. Is very unfortunate. Well,
1: and I think that's the danger. We talk a lot about like uneducated voting. Right. We talk a lot about making. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was talking to the uh, the chair of Spokane AIDS Network last night. Right. Uh, she's a, a very smart, very intelligent, lovely mm-hmm. lady. Um, first name Gay. And mm-hmm. she's ama- which I think is appropriate. Yeah. And which, no, and she's amazing. And we started talking about PrEP because pretty yeah. soon on our, on our show, we're going to be having a panel talking about PrEP. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to ha- be having some doctors on in January to talk sure. about yeah. PrEP because it's a conversation going on in our community.
0: And it's a new thing that we don't know very much about. So we yes, need to learn. And that
1: a lot of people have opinions mm-hmm. about based on hearsay. Exactly. None of it based on facts. Which is why we here also know, I don't know a lot about PrEP.
0: Right. And And we're not afraid to admit it because we'd rather know facts.
1: Exactly. Yeah. To fix it, we go, let's bring people Mm -hmm. in. Let's talk about it. And what we talked with her about, she says it's very true. A lot of people who are either so pro or they hate it so much Mm -hmm. are spouting opinions that have no basis in actuality. Right. And I think this is a problem in our country, probably around the world. It is, it's a laziness. It is laziness. It is a please tell me what to think.
0: Exactly. Because, because we are so used to that. We look at the news, we look at our chosen news source and we see, okay, well, this is what they're telling me. This is how it is. Yeah. We don't look into it and dig into it to we find do out. Not, exactly. The real truth and what you feel about it. Exactly.
1: I, you, I look at yes, I mm-hmm. don't like to watch Fox News. Yes. I will be the first to yeah. say, but I have watched Fox News, mm-hmm. and I love you know watching CNN and all my favorite people over yeah. there. But I also MSNBC. know, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the other side, exactly. And I also know that journalism mm-hmm. is. I don't believe always truly biased, unbiased anyways. Oh, yes. Yeah, we all filter mm-hmm. information through ourselves. Right. And so I also know I need to go digging for facts on my own. Exactly. You know, just because Rachel Maddow told me mm-hmm. that this is how it should be, yeah. I love her and yeah. I do tend to agree with her. But that's not enough.
0: Exactly. I can't
1: just say, well, I, it was like the moment in my life when I realized that my faith had to be my faith and not my father's faith. That I yeah, had to be able yeah. to say, the answer couldn't be, I believe what I believe because my daddy believed it. I had to say, had I believe what be I believe yours. because I have come mm-hmm. to this point. Yeah. And we'll be talking in the second hour about that. It has to be what you have found to be true.
0: Exactly. Don't and
1: ever let someone tell you. Absolutely. You Not should, even us, even though we're
0: right. We, we are mostly right. But the th- <laughs> <laughs> I love that point. Where, right. Listen okay. to us, but don't listen yeah, to us. But, okay. um, you should have to a live through what you believe. And learn why you believe it. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, and so yes, l- it's exhausting at times. Oh, God. But welcome oh, to
1: life. So if you would like to be an active participant,
0: right? maybe you should do that. And maybe you should vote to all of you yeah. that don't vote behind the glass window. By the both way. Both of them don't vote.
1: By the way, because we have the microphones and we call everybody out. We, we do. We had this 20-minute interview with the lovely Zoe. So, and Kurt's sitting right beside us. He's just quiet. Yeah. That's <laughs> Kurt said, usually. We asked Zoe about yeah. voting because it's important to us, and Zoe says yeah. she doesn't vote. Kurt stands up and says, finally, one for my team. And we're like, oh, hell no. No. The, Kurt, there's not. no
0: team. <laughs> there is no team.
1: <laughs> All you did for us was give us a bigger challenge. Yeah, so, that's true. And they're both behind the glass doing dances oh, and laughing yeah. at us. Yeah. Little do they know, soon they will be voting.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Because we will. we it's will- Kick them into it.
1: It's a little bit mm-hmm. of a Sergey Jonathan regime. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we have our own personality cult. No, but, but we will convince
1: it. them why it's important to vote. Exactly.
0: And all of you out there obviously know why it's important. And I know all of you vote. And if a single one of you doesn't and tells you me that call you us. don't. <laughs> call have us. We have therapy that <laughs> hasn't been outlawed. No. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> our therapy is voting therapy. Voting therapy, yes. <laughs> it's not ex gay, it's ex no. non voter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We will make voters out of you. Right? I want to sing Mulan. I will make a voter out of I'll, you. Okay, let's bring it. Uh, do we're, it. Gonna bring we're, gonna, we're gonna bring um, it. We're I will say, for you. remember
1: mm-hmm. that if you have any questions, you have any comments you would like to make to us, we now have two people watching our social media and our emails. That's right. So um, you can go directly to our Facebook page at facebook dot com slash
0: outspokesman, or you can go to our Twitter. At Outspokesman and tweet at us and use hashtag uh, Hot Mess Sunday or hashtag Outspoken in any of your tweets and we'll find it.
1: And it'll be amazing. If you want to send us an email, you are more than welcome to send us an email to outspoken at kyrs.com or go, you won't say it directly to to the Kurt, to the Schmeyer, the Schmeyer, the the (laughs) Schmeyer, to the Schmeyer in there. You can go producer. At Sunday dot com, Kurt great. will get it. He will bring it. They run in here with
0: notes all the time during the show. No, yeah, that's right. And if you want our personal uh, station emails, it's Johnny Jonathan S at Sunday dot com and Sergey G. He's our rapper. Sergey G in the house. <laughs> in dot <at> com. <laughs> so, and as we come,
1: do you closer, say his house? In his house.
0: His house. Okay. Right. It's nothing. It. Yeah. Okay. Hashtag. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Everything. You're so hip. I I am very <laughs> hip.
1: Um. We do want to remind you that we are coming very close to our second hour Mm -hmm. at Outspoken. So if you just joined us, you are listening to Outspoken on KYRS, Medical Lake, Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And in the second hour, we are welcoming author, reverend in the United Methodist Church, Reverend. Franklin Schaefer, mm-hmm. he is the author of Defrocked. We're going to be talking to him about his story. It's very compelling. His book was just released, uh, based on how the the United Methodist Church defrocked him because he officiated the ceremony of his son and mm-hmm. his son's partner, and the church got wind of that. And uh, it's been crazy. Went through a trial. It was it was horrific. And we're yeah. going to talk to uh, the Reverend Schaefer about his story, where he came from where he's going, and how he became a very outspoken advocate for the LGBT community within the denomination
0: of the United Methodist Church. And and really throughout the Christian religion as a whole. So we're very excited to talk to him. Very excited. We have a lot of questions. We read the book. You can also check out the book. Um, They're selling it on Amazon, so look up Defrocked, Franklin Schaefer um, on Amazon. We'll have that posted on our Facebook Yeah. But yeah, amazing. And
1: read it with a friend because then Sergey and I did lots of texting back and forth. Yeah, I am so mad. (laughs) You go (laughs) through screaming at the (laughs) book right now. (laughs) You go through the whole roller coaster, (laughs) um, but you do end in a very inspired place.
0: Yeah, and it's nice because it's a it's a quick read. um, Yeah, so you you really don't have to take a lot of time out of your day to read it. No, you can just enjoy. Um, Exactly, five minutes before bed, call it good. You'll be done in a week,
1: and then you're reading an interesting story that happened just last year exactly um, yeah and very recently helps you maybe to reframe the way you look at the church yeah. um and the way we all look at our spiritual journey so right yeah very, very spiritual important. book so we're excited to have him on very shortly but till yes. then
0: we do have a song for you and um this is a kind of popular song and it's very 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 into the theme that we are yeah, talking it's very about very appropriate very appropriate it's take me to church by where are we taking them take me to church <laughs> church take me to church church <laughs> i'm gonna <to> church mom <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a all right, new character ahead. we'll uh say for later <laughs> yeah church character um by <laughs> hosier i still don't know or, how to pronounce his name or however you want to say it. hosier <laughs> yeah. depends on where you're from <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's an accent thing all right take me to church And that was Take Me to Church by Hojie. And you are listening to KYRS, Medical Lake, Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And I will forever mispronounce his name and just... Forever. And I will
1: always, when saying the name of the song, just say, Take Me to Church.
0: Take Me to Church. (laughs) Oh, God. Because it's fun. Take Me to Church.
1: But I will say, very appropriate song. You know, when we first Mm -hmm. played this, I was editing that show. I don't know a few weeks ago but i yeah. love that you know you brought us out of the break the first time we ever played the song with tell me your sins and i'll sharpen my knife and i'll sharpen my knife
0: yeah i'll tell you your sins you can sharpen your knife yeah That's what, what a um,
1: absolutely i guess appropriate yeah very quote for what seems to be going on in our country today right right when well, we just Men of the cloth mm-hmm. are allowed mm-hmm. to be speaking the way they're speaking. And what it's going to be interesting is talking to a man who, in the midst of a church that does not support LGBT yeah. uh, rights, he has planted his foot in the foundation of being that advocate and saying it's not right. Right, Been a, exactly. a minister of this church for 20 years and to stand up against them that has I mean that's a lot of bravery right there. So I have a lot of respect for uh Reverend Schaefer. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm excited. There is, as always, some technical issues.
0: You know, this has been an, a reoccurring theme that we've had. I know, right? Um, it makes me cry tears. It's, it's, right, but it's why we are called Hot Mess Sunday, because <laughs> uh, 90% of the time it's out of our control, and 10% of the time we do it on purpose just to please you, <laughs> yeah. so it's never our fault. Never. You're it's welcome. never our yeah. fault.
1: But we were having some phone issues, but we still do ex- uh, r- expect a call from mm-hmm. Reverend Franklin Schaefer, um, just the way in which we... Bring him to you. We had to be, you know what we're getting really good at? Yeah. Problem solving on the fly. You <laughs> know, I agree. You walk in to find out that your phones don't work, and then right. you quickly have to decide how you're going to fix that problem because the person you're interviewing. It's going to be on the phone. Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, your phone <laughs> and the audio jack and the whole board's not going to work. <laughs> right. right. Uh, we're you know, going to have half a microphone, so talk double <laughs> loud into one. Okay. Got it? Good. You
1: got it. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Just for you. Um, but I am excited because um, I do want to encourage again if the church is any interest mm-hmm. to you at all, it's fascinating to follow the actual history of the church as it changes. And this is. Yeah something I was a part of the you know, I grew up a Baptist. Yeah. A yeah, good old Southern Baptist boy. My dad both. is Southern Baptist mm-hmm. minister. You as well. We understand yeah. that world very much. Yeah. It's um, it's a crazy world. Mm-hmm. And I jumped over into the United Methodist Church as a young adult. I was probably about nineteen or right. twenty. Um became a youth pastor there, became a worship leader there. And um so it's fascinating to hear his story being in the church for as long as he was sure. And still is and h- yeah. hear him still be such an advocate for a group that really, you
0: mm-hmm. know, right, exactly. So went
1: after him. I mean, they put his friends, his his church leaders, put him on trial for something that he did out of love of his son. Right, exactly. Um, for and for his for him own son to so gracefully mm-hmm. really rise above it and still believe in the same Even church that he started.
0: He was tearing a him apart. Than yeah it was tearing him apart his family apart he'll uh we'll ha- we'll talk to him a little bit more about that, but so much s- struggling went into this, and yet he still comes out on top uh and takes the high road, yeah, which I think is absolutely fantastic and I
1: am looking forward to talking to him about that absolutely mm-hmm. like I said better man than me, I'm not sure. I would be as easily able to forgive.
0: Right, exactly. Which we all want to. But so, I don't question think I would be. for you, Jonathan. Yes. You said you grew up in a Southern Baptist, and then right. you moved on to Methodist. I did. Is there? Um, was it, did you find the Methodist church to be much more progressive? Um, now, I will it? say,
1: I did because of the minister who was there. Because okay. you know, basically, I stumbled across it because P flag in our town. Mm-hmm was held in the basement of this Methodist church. Okay. Um, And so what was fascinating is already the the pastor there was going against the, you know, what the— people and the and the book of law and discipline. Right. Yeah, the book of in discipline the, says. Um, mm-hmm. in the United Methodist Church. Right. He'd already gone against it by having us there. But I remember it was the first place I felt accepted fully for who I was. Really? I knew I couldn't mm-hmm. I had was yeah. not out to my family then. I couldn't tell my Baptist minister father because I knew what was coming if I did. Right. And yet here was a man telling me I mean my story is I sat in the sanctuary before P Flag one night. Mm-hmm. There was a big wooden cross that hung in the mm-hmm. in the foyer and I cried. Because I was still so torn right. between my love of my faith and my understanding that this was something I couldn't change within me. And you, in that yeah. moment, yeah. the pastor of the church, who who I will always credit for changing my life, mm-hmm. came up behind me and put his hand on my shoulder and said, you know, he loves you either way. You don't have to choose. And I, I seriously, in my very dramatic way... Yeah turned around and fell because because that's me because it was the first time anyone had ever told me that I could be accepted just the way I was. Right. You could have both. And so, I mean, so the Methodist church got me. My dad called the Methodist church the devil's church Uh, because they accepted me. But that was the first, my first Mm -hmm. realization that my spirituality really
0: was mine. Exactly. And it does, it doesn't have anything to do, uh, with your orientation, you know, you can love who you want and you can still be um, a Christian in whatever church you want to. And that's, that's really the whole point of Defrock and Franklin Schaefer's mission. You know, he's saying he was very open to preaching about LGBT, and now he is even more so. He's become a huge advocate in the Methodist church. Um, and so in the church that he is at right now, he'll have LGBT pro sermons. Yeah. And, and he,
1: Yeah, and he has chosen not to leave.
0: Yeah, he's going to, He Be wants to make change within. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Which that's a brave man. Oh that's yeah. Any any organization you want to change from within, mm-hmm. the whole problem of changing an organization is that we like to stay where we're comfortable. Exactly. So I more power to him. It's I hard chose to, stay. to leave the church. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was kicked out of the church and can't publicly, really go, yeah, back. So you were excommunicated, great. so yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah, bye. You're done here. It's That's Mother's like, Day. It's, Happy Mother's Day, <laughs> right. everyone. It was the best Mother's Day you've ever had. A sinner. Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay. I
1: know. I, like, okay. <laughs> I, I kind of dodged that bullet. So I'm yeah. glad for you. Yeah. That you, well, I'm glad that You're you got gl- excommunicated.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. It's it's, it's like an award. You so much stronger, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to do yeah. that.
1: We actually do have Frank uh, Schaefer. He is calling, and we are just currently, really quickly, just trying to figure out how to get him on the phones. And then we will... Uh,
0: be more than honored to speak to this man we will be it's going to be a good conversation we have a lot of questions for it um so jonathan is i'm giving how about we take a quick break okay yeah let's take a quick break let's talk um no let's listen to captivated by vicky beeching who mm -hmm. um came out just last spring as christian singer uh yes as a she's a Christian, she didn't come out as a Christian singer. She came out as gay, but <laughs> she's she a is a Christian. She came out as a lesbian. Yeah, that's exactly. how that worked. <laughs> I'm guys. I'm secretly a Christian singer. I've been in the closet <laughs> this whole time. Um, so this is her song, Captivated,
1: and that was Vicky Beaching with Captivated. Again, like we said, she is a Christian artist, been around for quite a few years, and she did come out recently as gay, and has been quite an outspoken. Um, person for the LGBT community because of that, and she also has chosen to stay within Christian music, and that's got to be a battle for her. But it is the second hour, and we thank you so much for uh, remaining with us at Outspoken on KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Remember, you can always stream us live on hotmesssunday.com. We do want to say that we have a very special guest that is going to be coming to us over the phone lines. We Frank are waiting Schaffer. for that call. We are still
0: dealing with a little bit of a technical difficulty here, but we are figuring out quickly on the go as we right. do. We're
1: going to do what we do.
0: We do what we do. We do <laughs> us. and that's We're going to do us
1: because that's all we can. So um, as we move forward, we are going to be be welcoming him uh he is going to be calling my mm-hmm.
0: my cell phone that's right so you're gonna wow. have his number forever
1: he is bl- he's blessing my cell phone yeah <laughs>
0: you can if you're having a bad day you can just call and be like
1: i know reverend schaefer, reverend schaefer. i need i need, I need some advice yeah yeah
0: i have i need you to come to my house yes could you please just pray just pray for us me. yeah <laughs> basically
1: my mother does, but it's probably for not things that I'm wanting right, to pray exactly. for. Right, exactly. So. Do you ever wonder
0: how your mom and my mom pray for us?
1: I kind of, kind of think I know already know. Yeah. To be honest with you, yeah, it's kind of change. a thing. It's all about change. So I do want to say that we are going to be welcoming the Reverend Frank Schaefer. He is an ordained minister in the United Methodist Church where he's ministered for more than 20 years. In 2013, he was tried by a United Methodist court for offering and officiating his son's same-sex marriage. He was defrocked on December 19, 2013. He is the author of the book, Defrocked, How a Father's Act of Love Shook the United Methodist Church. So in just one second here, we are going to welcome F- Reverend Franklin Schaefer to Outspoken. So... Uh, he is on the phone, so we are going to start. He
0: is. Hello. Welcome, Reverend Franklin Schaefer.
1: Yes. Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for being on. Uh, we've been reading your book uh, this whole week, Jonathan and I, and it is just so invigorating, the whole story. Uh, the book is so well written, and we, we just want to talk to you so much about it and the whole process of the trial.
1: And And before we do that, let me just ask you really quick, can you hear us all right? Yes, I can. Okay, perfect. Perfect, yeah. So, you know, we want everybody maybe in our listening audience who is not aware of of the story and everything that happened, can you give us a brief synopsis of that crazy couple of years and what happened so people understand kind of what we're talking about?
4: Okay, I'll give you the, the story in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> perfect.
4: Um, it actually started uh, a little bit earlier in the year 2000 when my son Tim came out to my wife and myself, Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, we we started to realize that um, you know that the church um, is really um, using abusive language toward our LGBT brothers and sisters. We hadn't we didn't know mm-hmm. what that felt like to our LGBT, LGBT brothers and sisters until our son came out to us and said that uh, you know he experienced this language in our um, book of discipline, which mm-hmm. is our doctrinal and uh, law book in the United Methodist Church. As uh, as saying to him that he can't be homosexual, homosexual and, and go to heaven, so he started to to pray against it, and he, he said to God, "Please make me normal. I don't want to be homosexual. I don't want to go to hell." Right, yeah. And it plunged him into a deep depression. And as he shared all of this with us, of course, you know, as as parents, you can't help but just rally around the child. That's what we did. We we hugged him. We were totally dissolved in tears. We we told him we loved him so much and mm-hmm. and and we said to him look i mean obviously you didn't choose this you you didn't want to be homosexual yet you are so this must be the way god created you you know and god, so god loves you lot god created you in god's image just like everybody else and so we we affirmed him throughout the years really kind of countering mm-hmm. the yeah. the doctrine of the church and then by the time we get to the year 2006 and my son asked me dad would you do the honor and perform the ceremony the wedding ceremony between me and Bobby—you know—there was no way I could have said no to him. It would have mm-hmm. negated all of our affirmations, and I didn't want to. You know, it was a, really an honor to be asked. So I performed the wedding then in 2007 in the state of Massachusetts. Um, now, at this point, I had been ministering in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, about 300 miles away. We didn't make it a big deal. It was—it happened in a restaurant, uh, not even in a church, but it was a, a Christian ceremony. And uh, so I kept quiet about it, actually. I never made an announcement to my church in Lebanon because it's a very, very conservative area. And uh, I knew it would have divided the church, and I just, you know, didn't want that. Uh, So six years go by, almost six years, and somebody in my congregation finds out about it, files a complaint against me. Actually, first of all, they drove up to Massachusetts to the courthouse in Boston to find the document, Mm-hmm. the marriage certificate with my signature on it and uh file a complaint against me and this initiates uh this church trial, right? So this is happening now in two thousand thirteen, just last year. Right. So in November I get through this church trial and uh I basically couldn't stand down from my position because because of my son and not only because of my son but because of so many friends we've made from the LGBT community, I just I just have to stand for them and say this is not right. What we're doing is discrimination. It destroys people's mm-hmm. lives. It's, it's wrong. It's not in the spirit of Jesus. And uh, and so because of my um, unrepentant quote unquote attitude, <laughs>
3: um,
4: I, I got defrocked. They they took my job away, and I, I found myself without a church actually, and uh, you know without a career. And, uh, and and what happened then was that that i was uh, invited by a lot of of churches and universities and seminaries to mm-hmm. speak and uh, that really supported us during that time so I'm just still amazed how how God really never um, you know never dropped us he was stood mm-hmm. by us right. uh, you know through this whole trial and and, and this tribulation um, and and not only uh, god but but the reconciling part of the United Methodist Church, which was really so amazing to us to see that there's so much support within the United Methodist Church, not just, you know, the UCC and MTC mm-hmm. and Episcopalian churches, but also right. the, the, the United Methodist Church. There's so much support, and that really restored our faith, you know, in the Church, in, in the United Methodist Church.
3: Mm-hmm. I
4: also appealed the decision, and actually I was reinstated back in June, June 2016, and uh, oh, wow. then then the 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 council for the church challenged that decision took it to the um supreme court of the united methodist church if you will which wow. we call our judicial wow. council mm-hmm. and they just decided uh, a couple months ago in uh, in october they decided to to stand by that reinstatement And so now that was the last instance that no appeal possible, so I am now officially reinstated for good.
1: (laughs) That is amazing. Well, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. We want to rewind really quick and talk about, you know, the moment in your book that you do talk about when your son came out to you is, especially for those of us in the LGBT community, such a poignant moment. And I'll tell you, you know, my father was a Southern Baptist minister, and I wish it had gone that way, but what do you think it is that, where my father decided that somehow the devil had gotten into me? You, you, in that moment, recognized his pain and recognized that there was no way this could have been a choice for him. Yeah. What do you think it is about? Uh, you know, whether it was your raising or what, that made it more? You were able in that moment to make a, uh, you know, a, a judgment. That maybe was against what you were taught in the church, but you knew in your heart was true that this was not something your son had chosen?
4: Yeah, you know, that's that's a very um, interesting uh, and also a very deep question. Uh, Mm -hmm. I come from a Baptist background myself, and so at one point I was taught to believe by the church that homosexuality is a sin. And I had all these, you know, all these notions about. Mm-hmm. You know, what homosexuals are and, 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 uh, and how they don't, you know, fit into the kingdom of God and that sort of thing. So for me, it was a, it was a long evolution. So, so, you know, I'm so sorry to hear about your, your father, but, but I really don't want to blame him. I, I really want to blame the church for that.
3: Right. You know, the church right.
4: doctrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, because the church has such a powerful position. Uh, you know, whatever the church says has something to do with your, salvation with your with your soul's salvation right Right. and and so so and that that power you know can be Mm -hmm. used Mm -hmm. for good and it can be used for bad and so that's why i talk about spiritual abuse by the church Mm -hmm. you know when i when i lecture on this now because uh because it's a fact i saw it in my son and i'm seeing it all around me and and it's so powerful when when a a church a doctrine says that and it is being enforced um it, you know it it you know I can't really blame your dad because because he was probably in a in a terrible dilemma himself right,
0: right. Mm-hmm. you know that's very interesting you say that because we were just talking about earlier uh on the show about that where you know ministers in church have such power, and we were talking about a minister down in um uh Arizona, Arizona who says that gay should be executed because of their sexuality because it's wrong. Um, so that's interesting you bring that up. How how do you think we go about changing the church doctrines? How do you think we go about, um, you know, changing that big, big, big picture thing, which is the church and how they teach uh, against or pro-homosexuality?
4: Well, I, I believe what changed things for me was mm-hmm. when I actually met gays and lesbians. Sure. Um, I grew up in Germany, and uh, in, in, in Germany— uh, you know, Germany had civil civil rights for for homosexuals a long time ago. At least the civil marriage, the right. civil mm-hmm. ceremony, and uh, and the church, actually the the um, the Evangelical Church, not the the Roman Catholic part of the, the right. state church, but the but the um, Evangelical part of mm-hmm. the state church, has also, for the most part, embraced our homosexual lesbian brothers and sisters, and also uh, do marriage ceremonies, and so. Um, when I started to meet um, gays and lesbians, especially when I realized that they b- believed the same thing the same way and and had a very strong faith, mm-hmm. it really changed me on the spot. And I think that's what's what's changing America right now and our society is is that, and, and especially in churches when we see the faith of of our lgBTq children and right. relatives, you know. Cousins and nephews and, and nieces, we 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 realize, oh my goodness, you know, they they're just regular people, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're they're no evil people, you know. They're they're regular people with the same struggles, with the same kind of faith issues we have. Mm-hmm. They want to yeah, be faithful yeah. to, you know, to 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 their God and and to their, you know, church and, and whatnot. And, and all of a sudden, we realize, oh my goodness, you know. This can't be right. These teachings mm-hmm. cannot be right.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And, I mean, and to come to that conclusion, you know, I know it was such a struggle reading your book. Um, when you knew what you felt in your heart was right, but you also knew what it would mean if you were public about what you felt. But it seemed like if you if you read the book that, you know, this concerned group within within your home church— really had it in for you anyways and this i think was a convenient way for them to do that you were always so full of grace when it came Mm -hmm. to forgiveness and being able to rise above because i'll tell you reading it it was hard for those that read it to to not be angry at people we didn't know but to see Mm -hmm. what they put you through how were you able to stay so grace-filled during this, you know, meeting with these people, like the concerned group, and having to be put on trial by people in your own church, how were you able to keep balanced and still say stay so full of forgiveness?
4: <laughs> yeah, that's actually a very good question. And if I'm one hundred percent honest, and I hope I was that in my book too, mm-hmm. there were days when I was really angry and hurt, and and I, I, I just right. wanted to lash out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's human. You know, I mean, nobody is is uh, you know uh, strong enough to to withstand some of those attacks and onslaughts. I mean, mm-hmm. they were pretty hefty. So I I I was, and, and at times actually I was fearful because mm-hmm. at times I asked myself, you know, what else are they capable of doing? You know, if they if they stoop that low, you know, to make sure. up lies like that, uh, what else are they capable of doing? You know, so I was I was wondering actually. If, if, if they had guns, and you know, maybe they'd stop by my house, and you know, I was really afraid right. for my family, and right? Like, no.
0: for their safety.
4: Uh, but, of uh, but what always got me around really is um, I have always preached and practiced mm-hmm. uh, the love and grace of of our amazing God, who who has unconditional love for everybody, and so mm-hmm. that's really what I what I have preached all my years. Uh, in the church and and also really try to live out as best as I could, and so, as a minister, of course, you know you are on that pedestal, and people watch you very closely and I'm right, aware yeah, of that, yeah, so you know i I said to myself, you know i i I just can't stoop to that level, and I can't lash out at these people um you know paying repaying evil with evil, I just can't do it. I have mm-hmm. to stay true to what I've preached all these years. And and to also what I've practiced all these years, and right. even though it was very very hard, I have to admit it was very hard to stand in front of my congregation, on a Sunday morning when this was all going on, and some of the same people that that did these things to me sat right in front of me in the mm-hmm. in the pews. It was so hard. It was so hard to right, yeah. to talk about the love and forgiveness and the grace of God. Um, but I knew I had to do it, and 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 somehow I I received the strength to do so. And when I when I did. It was really almost like a freeing moment and an experience for me. You know, that, that love really overcame, you know, all that negativity and and, and and so I could actually take some joy out of out of having been given the strength to stay above. You right. know, and not lower yeah, yeah, myself yeah. to that level.
0: Yeah, you, you talk about, you know, having finding the strength to finally talk about uh you know, love and preach in front of the people who have hurt you. And you also talked in your book about finding that moment when you realized that you couldn't just be silent or not address the LGBT uh, issue. And you decided mm-hmm. that you were going to preach those uh, sermons. You were going to talk about it openly in your church. And that was going to be part of what what you stood for. What was that moment like? Could you walk us through, you know, finding the strength where you realized that you had to do that and where it was your calling?
4: Mm-hmm. And that's another very good question to ask because that is very very hard
0: sure. because
4: as ministers uh you know we we try to be ministers to everybody you know we 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 are the supposedly the shepherds of the people and mm-hmm. and we're supposed to really have everybody in mind and and minister to everybody equally right? Um, right so we always have that pressure they're always under under pressure to walk that fine line so that we don't offend any of those People, any of the people groups in the church, right? That's right. a reality for us that, that, that while we're so conditioned to do mm-hmm. that, we don't want to miss that. You know, we become very careful the way we tread and what choose very wisely the words we, we share. But, but at one point I, <laughs> I realized for myself that I was also really encouraged and kind of pushed by my wife and she's a wonderful person. <laughs> uh, she, you know, she, she, she kept telling me, you know, Frank, you, you have to say it. There's just no way around it. Everybody knows that we have three gay children. Um, right. and so one Sunday, she actually, I think it's in the book, she actually said to me, um, Frank, I'm going to put a equal sticker on my car and there's <laughs> nothing you can do to prevent <laughs> that from happening. I'm going to park it in the church park parking lot. <laughs> yeah.
3: And,
4: and so she really encouraged me. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I listened to her because I listened to her because I wanted that same thing. I wanted to, Open up and share, and, and 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 have a message message of justice. Uh, and, and and yet I felt I was so afraid that that you know people be offended and and this would divide the church. And so so I did more and more. And and of course after all this came out, after the complaint was filed, and then there was this this very public congregational meeting, and and all of this was laid into the open. That was like an, a coming out. Mm -hmm. experience for me. It was amazing. And I finally was able to say everything and anything I always wanted to say (laughs) and really lay it on the line, you know, and it was like, wow, this feels so right. This feels so great. You know, finally, I, I feel like I can be the kind of minister that God has called me to be. Right. It was just amazing.
1: And I've got to believe, I mean, your family, it must have been such a beautiful moment. I mean, to have your, I think about if my father had been able to stand up and just say, you know what, I'm here because I want everybody to be welcome to God's Word. I'm here, and I'm proud of my son. You know, all children want to hear their father say that. I've got to believe that had to be such an amazing moment for your entire family because you have so yeah. embraced it.
4: Oh, my goodness. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they kept telling me, we're so proud of you, Dad. And and finally, my wife could say that, too. But I'm so proud of you, honey, you know, for... for you know, finally, mm-hmm. really laying it on the line and and standing up. And you know, as I was facing my trial, um, I, I took that same attitude. I, I was there was no way I was going to go go back into the closet on this. You know what I mean? <laughs> right.
3: Right. <laughs> exactly.
4: So it, I just had to stand up and 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 really not only defend myself but really, um, really address the issue with the church and really. Sure. Um, yeah. Letting letting the church have it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and letting them letting them know, you know, what's going on, because I really truly believe that uh that the, the church has not listened in the past,
3: right. Um, right. you know,
4: mm-hmm. to to the pain that that they have caused and created with with this horrible doctrine, and what this does to people. They, I don't think they really were listening to that, and and I think that has changed a lot. I mean, I don't want to take all the credit for that, but I <laughs> I think I think there was some somewhat of a You know, my trial was somewhat of a watershed moment for our United Methodist Church. It Mm -hmm. it rallied a lot of of the progressives. And I think, I think finally, uh, you know, people were starting to listen, you know, to, to, to the, to that story and to other stories as well.
0: Mm -hmm. right of course and and this whole story and the trial and everything it was so um out there and everyone heard about it it's definitely life-changing for for the church and for you um and another life-changing moment was honestly the wedding for you um how how was doing the wedding the same-sex marriage you wrote in your book that it was you didn't know how to begin so you looked for um you know some some pointers on how to do that uh it, it is a different experience um what was that like? You know, your son's first wedding, and it's a same-sex marriage. It's your first same-sex marriage you did.
4: Yeah. Not only was it the first marriage, same-sex marriage I did, it was the first one I attended too.
3: Right, <laughs> right, yeah.
4: So, so <laughs> I had a lot of questions, yeah. and I was very nervous <laughs> about it because sure. I just I just didn't know. I, I knew uh-huh. that something just didn't work. You know, in terms of using the, the, the church's mm-hmm. litany, I, I knew some of these things. I couldn't say it, it wouldn't have sounded right to declare them husband and husband. Right.
3: Sure, you know, that yeah. sort
4: of thing. So I started to, to you know, I, I had a very good friend who actually had um, formed the marriage of, of his lesbian daughter, um, Steve Erickson, uh, with good friends. And so he he went through it before me.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: so I asked him, you know, what, what, uh, what did you use? You know, where did you find those resources? And, uh, you know, can I use that? You know, can you help me? Sure. Yeah, he did. And uh, and I found some some stuff on
3: Google
4: as well. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Even back then in 2006 or 2007, yep. there were a lot, right? a lot of resources on gay marriage out there. It was uh amazing.
1: Uh-huh. What did you find was, what were the similarities, what was surprising when you did your son's wedding that you found maybe surprising that it was the same as other wedding ceremonies? Yeah. And what was different for you?
4: Yeah, I mean, it it was amazing to just, see it all happening i mean you know the entrance and the music and and it was it was just so beautiful i was like wow this is not different from any other wedding you know
3: right, and, right. and they
4: were the room was full of of course family and friends and and then what was was different i thought was when i declared the married that applause
3: would sure. just never end uh-huh. it was
4: so much support and people felt so good about you know the same sex wedding happening uh, right in front of them and it it was, was their beloved Bobby and their beloved Tim, you know? And, and they, right. they, it was a moment of victory. It was a victory celebration. That's what I felt sure. it was like that moment.
0: Well that, that that just sounds like the best thing. I've I've never been right. to a same sex marriage either, so hopefully one day um We'll be there. We'll be there. But that um that, that sounds like the best moment um anyone could experience. And you, you say in your book that you call your family an LGBT family because uh three of your four children uh happen to be lesbian or gay and you um you take such pride in that. How how do you find pride to just you know go out there and say this is an LGBT family that I have, not just mm-hmm. accept them, but also you know tell the whole world about to it. Own them.
3: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it feels great, and I, I really believe that in in many ways uh, we are a, mm-hmm. a model family. We model how to be a family in a diverse world especially in the church world right um and what i what i tell people with pride is you know what we love each other it works you know we're a great family You help know, you can't wait to get together all
3: of us <laughs> right mm-hmm.
4: and i mean of course there are also sometimes tensions but you know we're, we're a great family we you know it works and it, it, it's beautiful and then of course i always tell the story about our youngest pascal uh, mm. we were wondering about him is he gay is he straight and right. and so i always joke that he was the first person in history, you had to come out as straight. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you don't find that in many families, you
1: know. <laughs> so you really are the modern family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. <Amazing>. So <laughs> we love that show, by the way. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> great. Show. Now, one of the th- one of the things I find so fascinating, and actually, it's a great uh, thing, you know, to learn that that you have been put back as a United Methodist minister. But you, even during the trial, even when you were defrocked, you refused to leave the church. You really wanted to make change from within. And what a very difficult uh, decision and position to be in. What made you decide that you were going to stay with this church that really had not supported you and had gone through actions to show you how much they had not supported you? What was it that gave you the strength that said, no, I'm going to still plant my foundation here because you still believed so much in it?
4: Uh, A couple of things about that. Well, first of all, I mean, I joined the United Methodist Church about maybe 22, 23 Mm -hmm. years ago now uh, because I really liked the United Methodist Church because there was such a diversity within the Church, uh, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. And, of course, um, you know, some wording was already in the the Book of Discipline back then, uh, even though that was long before gay marriage and all that. But, um, and, and, uh, and I never, I never liked it, but I never thought it was a big deal until I, you know, found out how big of a deal it is. But, um, but I liked the United Methodist Church. And, and I think what drawn, mm-hmm. drew me to the church is the fact that we are a totally diverse church. I mean, if you think about it, uh, George Bush as well as, uh, Hillary Clinton are United Methodists. Oh, well, I mean, wow, they're, they're right? The,
0: that's interesting. They're so opposite. There's a big spectrum yeah. there, you
4: know? Yeah, right.
0: That's interesting. See, a lot of people, like like you say, they're so different, but a lot of people go into um, a church looking for God, but then they find uh, religion instead, which, you know, a, a lot of the times is all these rules and all these different thinking, um, and, and a lot of hey, honestly, um, we see that in churches. So um, what do you think? it is about people that look for God and find religion. Do you think people should um, still go to church for the community? Do you think they, it should be more personal? Yeah, how do What's...
1: you reconcile that? Because obviously a man uh, like you who is trying to make that welcoming, um, I do believe there's a difference between that and religion, which is there and seems to be so stifling. How do you make the balance?
4: Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a very, very uh, good question as well. Um I think what really, and that's the second aspect of what really encouraged me to stay within the mm-hmm. church and uh, and actually work from within the church for change was was that I've seen the other side of the church, which mm-hmm. I consider the true church, the true, United Methodist church. That's the reconciling part, you know, the right. open and affirming part. And I'm not just talking about the LGBT community. I'm talking about the allies as well. And there's a right. strong movement, um, and, right, and we're yeah. really, I feel like we're on the cusp of something. You know, we're we're gaining momentum like crazy. Um, and so church can be a place where where you can experience God and fellowship, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it can be a remarkable experience, an amazing experience. I mean, just today, um perfect example, we, we actually became um, my new church uh, here in Isla Vista, the university church. We just became reconciling. We became one of the rebel churches.
0: Oh, know nice. church, rebel churches. Like I love that. And
4: you should have seen the joy that was in this. Mm-hmm. I mean... It was, first of all, it was packed, and, and it, was, it wasn't it was just, you know, worship to God, but it was also that sense of community that you we were talking about earlier. Sure. You know, we, we felt like connected with each other, you know, gay and right. straight together. And, and, and we were making a statement, you know, to our church and to our community, you know, that in our place there will not be discrimination and it just felt so good it it, it was so inspiring all around it, and that's how church can be and i believe that's what church should be like
3: right mm-hmm. but we
4: can't get there if we if we try to you know to to force doctrine down people's throats if, yeah, exactly. if we if we work on principles of fear you know to to try to keep people in line it's not going to work that way it has to be a message of love and acceptance and grace
1: Exactly. Absolutely, and I think we we stumble the most on grace for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and I think you you know reading your book was more than inspiring to both Sergey and I, and to see your example of grace, it was it gave me back some of the things that I think I gave up and sacrificed when I was so hurt by the church. Now I do want to ask you, Reverend Schaefer, what is coming? Sure. So I love that in June you were you know brought back into the church. What What is coming for you? What plans do you have? What can we look forward to as people who maybe, you know, we're not in your congregation down there, but we have found such inspiration from you and your story?
4: Well, one of the things I am now committed to, of course, since I have been appointed now to a local charge again, is to really work in this community and, mm-hmm. and really change this community and, and, and really open this space up for ministry to everybody. And that's that's already happening in a, in a wonderful way, uh, and beyond that, I am still um, on a on a lighter schedule now on right. my uh, speaking circuit. But uh, tomorrow, for instance, I'm going to to speak, and then also uh, convene a, a discussion panel at a local PFLAG chapter. Oh, beautiful! And, uh, and so I have those things lined up, and I, I will I will continue to do that. Mm-hmm. But my my biggest project is going to be General Conference oh. in 2016, and that's coming. You know rather sooner than later right there's yeah. a lot of prep yes and so so we really want to make sure that the message is received by this by these delegates at that conference that mm-hmm. that we will just not accept business as usual there has to be a change or else sure. and i'm sorry that you know we we have to sound a little threatening uh, but right. but you know what we I mean, if there were to be no change whatsoever, um, I'm not sure that I could be a United Methodist any longer at that point.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. Well, I have to say, yeah, you have been an inspiring instrument of change. And um, I definitely want to thank you. This book was... Uh, needed. And I'm glad that I read it. And both Sergey and I want to thank you, Reverend Schaefer, for Mm -hmm. taking time to speak with Outspoken today and to speak to our listeners here in Spokane, Washington. And uh, we are definitely going to urge anybody who who has any interest in the church. This is a your story is inspiring and it takes you on an emotional ride. I'll tell you, we were angry and cried and loved the inspiration at the end. And I am glad there are men like you Still out there. So we want to thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for being with us. And we hope you have a wonderful Sunday, which is, you know, your busiest day if you're a Reverend. (laughs) Yes,
4: yes, it is. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you,
1: sir. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you for
0: having me. Have a great day. You too.
1: And if you have just joined us, you have been listening to Outspoken. We have been uh talking to the Reverend Franklin Schafer, author of the book Defrocked, How a Father's Act of Love Shook the United Methodist Church. Very inspiring, mm-hmm. actually. Very good. And I wanted to read one of the quotes that uh, that I did uh, kind of highlight half this book in a little highlighter. But he says, if you want to be a part of transforming this world, mm-hmm. if you want to live without regrets over missed opportunities, you must follow your heart. You must take a stand. He sacrificed 20 he did, years, yeah. worried about his career that he had spent so much time on. But he did it because he loved his son. Yes, he did. And that's amazing.
0: He is such an amazing, inspiring, and brave man. And so speaking brave, of right? Brave, we are going to play that song as a quick break. It's Brave by Sarah Bareilles. And you are listening to KYRS, Medical Lake, Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And that was Brave by Sarah Burrell.
1: Which we love. You know what's so great about that is a year ago today, we started Life on the Air, and that was our theme song. That was. Before we got our own that we had the rights to, that we borrowed Sarah. Yeah. And so thank you, Sarah. But speaking of which... Mm A year ago, it was December 8th of last year, we started uh, Outspoken Live on the Air. Although we had been with KYRS since August, we were allowed on the mics then. And Mm -hmm. so next week, we're having a little bit of a birthday party. We're going to
0: have a celebration. And we're
1: very excited. We have stressed out our producer as much as possible. Because basically, you and I (laughs) just get to come in and... Right, be what awesome. We said,
0: what we said is, Kurt, you put the thing together. You get people to call in. Apparently, right. Um, you make the games list. You make everything. Yeah, we just, are just going to be here. It's going to be a us. fun show. Yeah. Basically,
1: past we've had a year of guests, you yeah. know, from all sorts of places. Right. You know, um, and so Kurt has been busy having some past guests give us birthday messages. We don't know who they are. We don't. Some of them are going to call live. Some of them have a little. They pre-recorded a message for us. We're having some guests come in studio. That and we don't know who they are, we, and then we're gonna play games and we don't know what they are.
0: <laughs> we're just gonna we, show up and have fun on our birthday. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're just gonna, it's a birthday party that it we kind of planned for ourselves but made someone else do it for us. Uh, yeah, you know, that's how it should be. We know it's not a surprise, but it <laughs> no, is. No,
1: it's not. But what's exciting <laughs> is it's been a crazy year. Right. Full of ups and downs and changes. Of, Left and right, yeah. Right? And, Sergey, you know, we were lucky enough you joined us in February. You mm-hmm. became official co-host in August. And um, it's been a lot of fun. And now, of course, we welcome Zoe Santana as our new intern. Yeah. And uh, she is amazing. So we are growing, and the only reason, reason we are growing is because of all of you. Uh, you make every day worth it with the letters and the criticisms even that we yeah. get. But the support, um, you know, we we feel very humbled and very blessed to be able to have a year long show so far. Mm-hmm. And um, all because KYRS decided, OK, you guys can do it. And yeah. then, you know, <laughs> afterwards probably thought, mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why do we Maybe do it? Maybe they can. But, you know, we are lucky Let's to have this community it. radio that we are allowed to have a voice. So we yeah. thank everyone, you know, it's been nice to be to be here doing that. And so next week, let's just have
0: a party. Exactly. It's a party celebrating all of you listening to us for a year and maybe some of you joined us for a month or a month ago or two or whatever. We run into people all the time who just
1: happen to stumble across the show. Yes. So you are uh, welcome next week to call in in between callers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt's going to kill me for even saying that. Kurt yeah. has scheduled it pretty good. <laughs> so maybe if you call in and Kurt well, says sorry. Well,
0: email <laughs> Kurt if you want to call in. Yeah, email maybe. producer at
1: hotmesssunday.com. There and, we go. We'll uh, say and mm-hmm. he can decide if you can say. But we would love to hear from you, and yeah. we're just very excited. Thank you for listening to today's show. I think it was a very important show. I think
0: it was a beautiful show. Inspiring and yeah. A little bit messy, but that's okay. That's what we do. Yeah. If and there's not a bit of hot fudge on your head, then right? you not look hurt. at those pictures. Those are yeah. fun.
1: Um, so please, we encourage you to go mm-hmm. uh, read Reverend Frank Schaefer's book, Defrocked. Um, you can buy it on Amazon. And to find out more. Yeah. You can go to Yeah. Find out more about him. Watch some of his past sermons, some of his past interviews. He is very inspiring. So we yes. definitely... He's a very outspoken very. minister. Yeah. So he fits with us very well on our show.
0: But... Until then. Until then, it is going to be a week of us not planning things I know. and her doing it for us. I love that. So please have a wonderful week. Be outspoken
1: every chance you get and join us next week for what's gonna be a lot of fun.